everybody. My name is Anne Teato and welcome to the Psychic Matters podcast, episode number 50. I can't believe I've actually done 50 episodes so far. That is just amazing. And thank you to Ireland, the country. You took us all the way to number six in the podcast charts last week. So I'm really grateful to you for that, especially as I'm second generation Irish. So Gaurav Margat to you. That's Irish for thank you. At least I hope it is. <laughs> in news this week, I've just found a way to transcribe my episodes in a matter of minutes. I can just upload the sound file to a transcription service and it does it for me automatically in about 10 minutes. Now, why, oh why, did it take me two years to work this out? I mean, I've got no idea. Best of all, this service is free. So now I can save at least two full working days per month of laboriously transcribing each episode, which is what I can only describe as a sweet, blessed relief. In other news, I was out this week demonstrating mediumship in person in front of an invited audience for the first time in two years. And I can't tell you how joyful that was as well. It was a place in the county of Essex in the UK called the Crooked Billet. And I was invited by Jason Cashamary. So thank you very much to Jason for asking me to demonstrate. And he bought me the most beautiful bouquet of flowers afterwards. It really, really lifted my spirit and they are just stunning. So Jason holds these monthly events for mediumship and psychic and healing in Essex in a place called Stanfordly Hope. So if you are local, please do look those up and I'll put a link in the show notes so you can find out about those. The show notes are available on my website for every episode of this podcast, anteato.com slash podcasts. <laughs> so for those of you who aren't local, which is probably most of you, seeing as this podcast is listened to in 90 countries worldwide, I'll let you in to one of the web's best kept secrets. Now, I don't know why it is so secret, but not many people seem to know about it. But every Tuesday evening at seven o'clock UK time, on the internet, I hold a free one-hour event called the Mediumship Hour. And I work usually with Leslie Malone or Tyrone Cusack, two amazing mediums, and we spend that hour bringing messages through from communicators in the spirit world to the audience in the Zoom room. So please, if you're free on a Tuesday evening, seven o'clock UK time, please do come and join us for that. It does happen every single Tuesday throughout the year. It has been running for a whole year now, so um, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, we get a good little crowd in there at the moment, uh, but just letting you all know it happens and you are all very welcome. If you want to check it out, you can find the Zoom joining details on my website under events. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Jokoa Teato, costume designer and young psychic, was with me in the studio this week. Jacoa discusses her childhood encounters with the spirit world, the importance of listening to yourself and to the energy surrounding us and why, by doing so, we allow a space for spirit to approach and connect with us. 
plug in your headphones, saddle up your pony, harness the dog, put on your trainers, perhaps get yourself out into the world and enjoy listening to this wonderful episode told from a younger person's perspective. And as you listen, perhaps consider the times in your younger years when spirit maybe reached out to you too. I'm in the Psychic Matters studio today with an incredibly exciting guest for you this week. She's come all the way down from her bedroom to the living room to join me here today. It's Jacoa Teato, my daughter. Hello, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm great. It's so lovely to have you on the show, Coco. And I know that we've been talking a lot in our lifetime about spiritual experiences and things that you've experienced as a child. And we thought we'd have a conversation about those things. Yeah, I'm very excited about it all. <laughs> oh, you are sweet. So what, where should we start? Because some interesting things have happened to you, haven't they, Coco, in, in your time? Like you've seen spirit people and stuff like that in this house. Maybe you could explain, Coco, how things sort of played out for you as a child, as a young person, and the sort of things that you experienced. I'd like to say that a lot of my spiritual experiences were more intense as a child and they were more apparent um, I definitely have a lot less experiences a lot less vivid experiences now that I'm older I think perhaps if I'd stayed more in tune and, and studied like you have then I'd possibly have more experiences to talk about now but I did have a lot of experiences when I was a child that's so interesting that you should say that like it was more vivid as a child do you what do you think you've gone off the boil like there's nothing happening now or how how does how does that work i think that children are a lot more in tune to their surroundings than than grown-ups are i um i reckon that they've they're new to the world they're fresh although their souls might not be but they themselves are new and they're more in tune to their surroundings and when we grow up and we learn to interact with the physical world and less so with the metaphysical world. Ah, so what if you so going back to your childhood then, what is your sort of earliest experience of of knowing yourself to be a soul being or seeing other spirit people? How how did it sort of begin for you? I think it started with like one of my earliest memories of I think you'll remember this more than I do, of telling you that we lived together in a past life. And that I was your mother. And I just had this vivid image of us walking, like a silhouette of us walking hand in hand. And there, the sky was orange. The sky was deep orange and there was smoke everywhere. And to me, to my child's mind, that was a fire. And that we had passed together in a fire. And that would be my first experience of being somewhere else other than in my human form. I remember going to have a psychic reading when I was pregnant with you and the guy that I went to see said to me, you and your baby are going to be reunited. You know each other from before and you will be reunited in this life. And I just thought, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> yada, yada, whatever. What a weirdo. <laughs> but when you turned to me, how old were you when you told me, that you had we had lived together before must have been 
between the ages of three and five. Very, very young. You were. You were tiny. I remember that. You were really, really tiny. And my mouth was, my jaw just dropped open. I I just couldn't believe what I was hearing because I'd never spoken to you about it ever. Yeah, I think what I said was, remember when all the houses burned down? And you were like, what? And um, being the smart psychic lady that you are, you obviously asked more about it rather than shutting it down. And I said, yeah, when the houses burned down. I can't remember how it came in that I was your mum. I can't remember how I told you that, but I do remember that also being a part of it. And I do remember when I was first pregnant with you, and I remember lying, um, gosh, you must have been just born. That was it. You were just born and you were in this tiny little Moses basket on the floor next to the bed. And I just remember lifting up out of my body and joining your soul just above the bedroom and us sort of swirling in the sky together. It was the most incredibly strange thing. Maybe I was still high on the pethidin from the birth. <laughs> uh, but it was, it was just us, jo- so joyful to be in each other's company again, so joyful. I just really, really remember that really strongly. Yeah, I think we've always been close, always been very close, and that must be down partially to what we think is our soul beings being together previously. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And you said earlier on, or just, just a few minutes ago, really, not really earlier on, we only just started talking, but um, you said that things were more intense as a child and you sort of felt a bit closer to, to I don't know, your spiritual connection, I suppose. What other things did you experience as a younger person? Yeah, so I've only had a few spiritual experiences or or sights of what I perceive to be spirit beings in my lifetime. And most of those were in my younger years. I can't remember which spirit experience I had first, but there were quite a few that kind of came around the same time. One of which was this man who used to watch over me and my brother in our bedroom as we slept. And I remember him being very tall like a very dark shadow man kind of thing and I wasn't really threatened obviously a man standing in your bedroom door is a little bit spooky um but I wasn't terrified it wasn't something scary because I remember distinctly waking up from a nightmare and and getting out of my bed and asking this man like can I go and see my mum and he just stepped aside and kind of showed his hand to kind of offer me the way down the hallway to go and see you and that was like one of my first memories I have that I actually remember doing that was an interaction with a spirit being. Did you speak to me about him when you were little because I don't think you told me about that until years years later. I don't think we actually spoke about it I think we might have had one or two mentions but we both had experiences with this man but only talked about it later. I think. Yeah, because that was the same guy that I used to see standing in the doorway protecting Jacob before you came along. Cause I'm, just for the listeners' <laughs> um, knowledge, I've got a, a son who's four years older than Jacoa. How old are you, Jacoa, by the way? I am 20. She's 20 now, so my son is 24. Um, yeah, but we didn't talk about any of that for years and years and years, did we? But it's not because you couldn't talk about it, I don't think, was it? No, because we discussed other spirit things. I don't think you really 
spoke about it in too much detail because I think it was too complicated for my little mind to understand. I would just tell you things if I experienced them or they were like my imaginary friends or whatever and you'd just say, oh, okay, all right. And you only, we only discussed the fact that they were spirit people much, much later. And tell me about the lady at the top of the stairs because I remember going into your room. You were teeny tiny. You just got out of a cot because you kept clambering out. (laughs) And I couldn't contain you within, so I had to give you a big girl's bed. And... Um, but I remember you lying in that big girl's bed. You must have been four, maybe three, two, three, four. Gosh, I can't remember. But I do remember this really, really old lady with a bustle at the back, a kind of a mantilla on her head, all dressed in black with a stick. And she had our rheumatic fingers and arthritis. And she was really old, like in her really late 80s, 90s. And she was just standing over you like a real protector and just sort of staring at you. And that was that was really strange. But I didn't see her like a ghost figure or a, you know, like like in three dimensional form. She was sort of in my mind, but I knew that she was there. That was the thing. Mm, Yeah. Did you did you ever see her or did you see somebody else? I have never seen her. The only mention I've ever heard about her was when we talked about it a few days ago. Very briefly, you mentioned her and I was like, I have no idea who that woman is. Um, So I have never actually seen her. Only that mention that you said the other day because we were going to possibly bring it up here. Mm. And so who was the woman that you saw at the top of the stairs and who did you see there? Um, So that is a story I'm sure you may remember a bit better than I do because I was very young. Like I said, all these experiences happened when I was really young. And I was standing at the bottom of the stairs. You had the front door open and I think you were working on the flower beds outside the window, the kitchen window. And I'm just babbling along like a kid, standing at the bottom of the stairs, looking up to the landing at the top. And you walk in and you say, all right, Co, who are you talking to? Because, you know, I'm just a random kid just standing the stairs and talking. <laughs> and um, I said, I'm talking to the woman at the top of the stairs, which must have been really creepy. Um, maybe less for you as you're more in tune to that sort of thing. But to other parents, that might seem terrifying. That Like one of those really creepy children in a horror film that's the only one that can see the ghost. <laughs> um, but I just remember this very lovely happy joyful woman she was carrying some shopping bags and she had a big hat she reminded me of one of the mr men i can't remember which one but one of the mr men wears a very fancy hat and she had a similar hat she was carrying shopping bags she was a a bigger woman she's um very lovely very friendly and she was just asking me about my day asking me what i was up to just making little conversation i was just chatting with her And like you said about the other woman who was standing over my bed when I was little, it's not that I was seeing her physically. I was just seeing a shadow form of like, I could picture her in my mind. And because I'm a kid, I often wonder if that was just imaginary, like friend kind of thing, or if it was spirit. But I I know the difference. 
I, I've grown and I've learned to tell the difference. And, and in that experience, I believe it was seeing someone who was on a different plane and, and actually having those conversations with me rather than my imagination. That is so interesting. Because I, I, when you and Jacob were tiny, I that was when I, all of this spirituality stuff kicked off for me because I was seeing spirit people left, right and centre in this house all the time. And it's not that it's a... I don't believe like it's a haunted house or anything like that. I just feel like it just became very active. And there were, there were a couple of years when it was really, really active where I saw, did you ever see a young boy? I used to see this young boy who used to play with stuff. He used to take my keys and move them around the house. And um, he was always in and out under the ironing board. No, although we did have lots of like conversations about him throughout my childhood. I think once he'd kind of, not disappeared, but you know, once he was less around that's when you started to talk to me about him but I never saw him you said that he was more active when me and Jacob were little because we were also kids and he was a kid and once we started discussing him and and him existing in the house we would sit at the dinner table and we would not hold a seance but we we'd try and talk to him and see if he would come into the kitchen and show us he was there and I think that was kind of the beginning of my understanding of spirit beings but that was long after I'd had my first spiritual experiences but people listening to this Coco they might just think well you know your mother's away with the fairies and she's (laughs) yeah Um, but you know they probably think well, maybe they think, uh, you, uh, I don't know, spirit people don't exist and that I've put these ideas into my young children's head and given them this kind of way of thinking about life. So, you know, there is the aspect of people uh, wondering if I've influenced that in you in some way. So maybe you could comment on that. Well, that's like I said earlier, like you never really spoke to us about anything that was happening. You never said anything about spirit until we were at least the ages of seven and up if not older I had no idea about spirits or ghosts apart from you know what I would see in movies and still I wouldn't I wouldn't have seen anything like that until I was older whereas my experiences with my possible past life or the man who watched over us in our room or the woman at the top of the stairs all of these people were long before I had any idea what ghosts or spirits were. And then in later years, Coco, what's happened to you since you've grown up? Obviously, you've said things got quieter, but, you know, anything happened recently? Not too much. I was in Bristol with my boyfriend a couple months ago. Um, He lives down there and we were walking through a residential area and I hadn't actually had a proper spiritual experience where I knew for sure for a very long time apart from one lady in my bedroom which I'm sure we'll talk about later but we were walking through Bristol and I just saw this woman come down the stairs from in front of a house and walk towards a bin area and a bush just kind of in the front garden and then disappear like I'd open my eyes as I was walking obviously I'm not walking with my eyes closed I was looking I saw this woman I blinked and she was gone and um, it was strange because I knew I saw her so vividly. I saw her so vividly. I was like, it's impossible that she wasn't there, but she wasn't. And it just brings on this sense that it's like you saw it, but you didn't see it. You know, it's not there. 
and you kind of it's hard to explain you have this understanding that you saw it but not with your eyes you see it with your mind and that's really complicated to try and explain to someone who hasn't had that feeling but I sound like a crazy person (laughs) (laughs) but you see it with your mind and not with your eyes it's the it's the best way I can explain it so um you were with your boyfriend what did he see her no um we were walking we were just we were at a t-junction on a road so we were turning left onto the road and and the house where I saw the woman was straight ahead and as we turned down onto the road I kept looking behind me I was like there was a woman there all in white she looked about what was it I think she looked in her 40s maybe um she had blonde hair I was like I've just seen a woman there and he said something along the lines of what do you mean I think he he knows somewhat about my spiritualness. He knows about your work. Yeah. And so he kind of understood that I didn't mean I, I see a woman right there. He knew that I was talking in a more spiritual sense. Um, and he was just like, what, really? Because he's not a massive believer of all that, I don't think. Um, but he he was just like, oh, cool. She wasn't, she wasn't there, just so you know. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure I just saw someone. And that was uh, interesting because I, I hadn't really had an experience like that since I was very small. Uh-huh. So they're getting your attention again. And doesn't, uh, doesn't your boyfriend have something strange happen in the bathroom where he lives? Yeah, that's one of the other... I completely forgot about that. That's one of the other things that happens to me occasionally. I spent the first covid lockdown with my boyfriend in his family's apartment and there's no real spiritual activity in his house apart from i get really spooky nightmares every time i stay over there which is really weird i don't get nightmares anywhere else apart from his bedroom but he has an ensuite bathroom where i see two men a woman and a cat or maybe two cats i think one cat they are less vivid. I, I don't see them as often and I don't, I can't see them very clearly. My favourite one is the cat because I'll be sitting on the loo or brushing my teeth and the cat will just weave between my legs. And Louis' sister is desperate for it to be one of their old cats that passed. And I'm not sure if it is because I never met that old cat, but it's become a little family story that there are ghosts in the bathroom. That's so funny. Has anybody else seen them? Anyone else in the family seen them? Louis' little sister always asks if I see it. She's always asking me, oh, have you seen the cat recently? Does it have these ears? Does it have these eyes? Does it have this fur? I'm usually saying, oh, I don't really know because the people in the bathroom, including the cat, they're not as vivid, like I said. Like, I don't see them as clearly as I've seen other spirit beings. So she'll ask me these questions and I'll just be like, you know what, I'm not sure, but I'm not going to say no because it might be your cat. You never know. (laughs) And um, I think that keeps her spirits up. Oh, that's so sweet. What about um, Louis' parents? Have they seen the people in the bathroom? No, (laughs) is the short answer. No, they haven't. Um, I have mentioned it to them. I've mentioned what I've seen because I was telling Louis and I think he just brought it up over dinner. I don't think they were for it or against it uh knowing their nature 
they might be a little bit spooked, but I don't think they've really said anything that might indicate they're scared or or they believe it or they don't. I think it's just something fun to listen to at the dinner table. Do they recognise them at all? No, I didn't really give massive descriptions because, like I said, I I can't see them as well as I've seen other people. It's um, One of the men wears a flat cap, I know that, and he's about 5'9". Um, and the other guy I think is a bit taller. Uh, but I really, yeah, I have, I can't see them as well. I just know they're there occasionally, very occasionally. They'll just walk past me very quickly. So even if I could see them, it would be a very, like, quick glimpse. So it, that kind of makes it difficult for me to describe them. The cat is there a little bit more often, but I haven't been over to the house or seen any of these spirits for a while. So um, it, it's tricky to kind of gather that image in my head of what they look like when I barely see them for a second anyways. Yeah, maybe next time you become aware of them, you can ask them to give you a little bit more information, let that information touch your mind and see what they have to say. Mm, yeah. Actually sounds quite good. I've started um, occasionally when I get a feeling that someone's there. Usually it's just because the house is making noises from the pipes in the floor. I'll uh, ask the room, can you let me know that you're here? If you are here, could you move something? And I think that's a a fun way to start delving into my spirit mind and my connection to those people that are there and present. So it's interesting... It's interesting just talking to you because uh, I guess the more I've just spoken to you just now, I'm thinking, well, I've got quite a psychic child and quite a spiritually aware young woman. Well, do you want to take it further, Co? Would you do training or, you know, are you interested in learning more? I mean, I think it's very interesting. It's hard because although I have these experiences, I still do have my reservations like this. This can't be real. This can't be what's happening. I must just be nuts. I must just be crazy. So I think it would be interesting, but as a student right now, I don't really have the time. But I think when I'm older, I may invest some time and money into studying into it a bit more. And I think in my day to day, I'd like to try and invest a little bit more awareness in my metaphysical being, my perception of the world around me that isn't physical. I think day to day, I'd like to explore the world on a more energetical field and and how things feel I'd like to think and I'm sure you'd agree that I'm quite sensitive to things like that to to noise like you are in the past year or so I've been quite sensitive to smells as well and energetically people who don't feel very nice it's nothing against them just sometimes their energy isn't so nice to be around Stuff like that, I'm trying to be more in tune with, although it can be a burden at times. But I feel like by tuning into those feelings that I feel and listening to my body, I can then experience the energetic world more clearly as well. Mm, It's ever so interesting listening to you talk and how you're learning to interpret the world around you in a sort of slightly different way. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's been quite interesting kind of as a younger child I had more spiritual experience but now as an older person I've kind of learned to be more in tune with myself energetically which feels quite nice to you know exist in a world where I can make myself comfortable by tuning into myself I think a lot of people don't listen to their bodies they don't listen to themselves when they're tired when they're hungry I don't drink enough water 
I think that's something I should work on. But I think generally I remove myself from situations where it's too much. Whereas a lot of people throw themselves into places that I would find uncomfortable because there's too much going on. What sort of places do you mean? I don't know, sometimes being on a loud train or just somewhere that's overstimulating. Like I said, with loud noises or heavy smells, I think can be quite intense. Um, Like when someone's wearing heavy perfume on a train or something, I'll try and move along the carriage or something like that. Maybe that's just me being picky and oversensitive rather than delving into my spiritualness. But I think by protecting myself energetically, I'm able to then sense the energy of other people around me. Because you're quite psychic, because I bought you tarot cards a couple of years ago, didn't mm-hmm. I? And then you started reading tarot, so how's that coming on? I haven't done that in a while, I must <laughs> confess. That's all right. Um, I always got nervous doing it as well. I was always worried that I'd get it wrong. I kind of did the, the age-old hack of being quite vague, so that if it was wrong or right, I was able to kind of mould it to whoever I was reading for. I think that was also easy for me because I've done a lot of art study and like degrees and GCSEs and stuff, which kind of asked for me to be very broad and open. And um, that helps me to to generalise when I'm reading. But sometimes I am specific. You've, you taught me what I know and I haven't practised in a long time. But the few things I have read for people, your like your friends, they've said to you that I've read okay. Yeah, they said you were brilliant. That's the thing. Oh, that's great. I always wonder if that's because I know a little about them. But I have read for a few friends where I didn't know much about what was going on with their life. And they've said the same to you that everything was great. So I don't know. That I guess that did build my confidence a little bit. And we used to do readings. I used to read for you a three-card reading and then you do the same for me. We should pick that up again. That was actually quite fun. Yeah, let's do that tonight. That sounds a really good plan. And that was always good. I felt like that always... It was like a little therapy session because it was good to practice and also helped... We would ask questions about our personal lives. We'd give each other some suggestions and... What's the word? Intuitive guidance? Yes, intuitive (laughs) guidance. Um... And and it was really useful. But you were good. And it is just a case of being confident, isn't it? Because you're like, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know where to go. And when I'm saying, just say what you feel, see where it goes, allow yourself to just have those images. And then when you had the confidence to just speak, it flowed out of you. Yeah, it did. I had quite a funny experience with reading for someone once. If you'd like to hear it. I would like to hear it. Who was it and why? Or maybe we should not mention who it was. Confidential readings and all that. Well, uh, I don't really remember who the girl was. So she's perfectly safe being confidential. I'm sure she'll never hear this either. (laughs) I had been at a friend's house and he had some people over from school and some of our mutual friends were there as well. And the host's parents were coming home. So we were like, quick, get out, we got to go. And I had a free house and naughty me, I, I brought over some people. It was only like Where six of us. Did I not know about it? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is when we were like 15, 16. Oh, yeah, yeah. And everyone came over. It was three of my best friends and two friends of my friends. 
if that makes sense. Is there a better way of putting that? Six people came round. <laughs> Six people came round, and two of those people I didn't know. It was a girl and her boyfriend, and they were mutual friends with someone that was with us. And I said, "Hey guys, I can I can read tarot. Let me read your cards." And this girl who I didn't know was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll have my cards read." I was like, "Awesome, making a new friend here. Exciting." And um, <laughs> oh dear, she pulled the death card, which some people who don't know a lot about tarot would would freak out about because they think the title of the card means their future and stuff but it, it, that's not really what it is it's about reading into the cards and what that might mean for someone it doesn't mean they're gonna die <laughs> so she pulls the death card and within about a minute two minutes the power goes out in the entire block of flats that we live in <laughs> and i'm like oh no okay so I run upstairs, grab some candles. I look outside the window and make sure that it's not just our flat and it is, it's the whole building. So I was like, guys, it's just a power outage. Don't worry. I grab the candles and just as I'm lighting them, the power comes back on. So it was literally out for three minutes and the power comes back on. I put the cards away, I think. I think I just, I, I did tell her, don't worry, the death card isn't, doesn't mean you're going to die. It's fine. But obviously I didn't get a chance to read into it because the power went out. (laughs) So shortly after that palaver of the lights and such, this poor girl goes, right, I think I'm going to head out. And and me being a silly teen did not put two and two together that she was absolutely petrified. (laughs) Traumatised for life. Yeah, she she must have been very scared, the poor girl, but her and her boyfriend left and and only a couple weeks or months later did I think hmm she was probably quite scared at that point pulling the death card and then all the lights going out in the building <laughs> oh, no can you not get a message to her and make her feel a bit better I like I said I cannot remember who this poor girl is so <laughs> oh, unfortunately not oh dear oh dear well we'll we'll have to just send her some healing from from a distance yes yeah, so they send her some well wishes <laughs> So let's finish up then, Coco. What do you think? What do you think is important for young people? You know, from from being very small babies to toddlers, they become aware of the world. Maybe they're like you; they're very sensitive to the environment, to energy, to you know what's going on around them. They're seeing things. What what advice can you can you give on that to the parents or to the kids? It's interesting, isn't it? Maybe just for people listening so that we know how best to um, t- to hold young people in a space of, you know, helping them to learn about these kind of things. I think to everybody just to be open to it. You've always told me when I talk about things that I may or may not have seen, you just say, be open to it, be accepting, be open to the fact that there might be something there and try and interact with it to strengthen the bond that you're feeling so to the young people and older people that are feeling like they're seeing things just be open to it try and delve into that experience rather than shy away from it and for parents who are having these experiences with their kids again just be open to it I feel like kids aren't really listened to a lot I feel like their basic needs are met obviously as as parents have made the choice to do to have kids to then supply them with food and clothing and shelter but I think that sometimes kids 
will voice their opinions and they're not necessarily listened to. If kids say they're seeing things, a lot of parents are just going to be like, oh, shut up, like, stop that. You're just making up nonsense. Whereas you were quite open with it, which I think allowed me to really involve myself with my spiritual connections and, and be more open to it, which has led to me having further experiences and, and more intense I don't want to call them visions, but more intense experiences with spirit beings. I guess Coco also, it's not just for uh, the children either, because as adults, we see things and our friends, the automatic reaction is for people to take the mickey and say, shut up, don't be ridiculous, don't be ridiculous. That seems to be the phrase. So, you know, how can we not feel that pressure from the outside world that tells us we're so wrong. I think just trust in yourself. If you feel like you've really seen something, then you you know that you have. You know, there's something deep down. You can talk yourself out of it, which I'm sure you can see happens a lot with ghost stories and stuff like that. Like, oh, that didn't really happen. But if you feel deep down that you've seen something, then trust in that. And and like I said, delve into it because there are times where I think I've seen something and I'm like, oh, no, you probably didn't. And and sometimes I may not have, but sometimes I, I may be closing a door that I could be delving into and, and experiencing more and, and shutting yourself off. Just I mean, that's just a dead end. You can't then further explore anything if you're just closing it down whereas if you're open to it if something happens if something doesn't at least you have that option that you haven't just denied anything happening in the first place and so lastly what advice um you've already sort of said listen to your intuition and what what's your advice for spiritual living that's a tough one <laughs> my advice for spiritual living i don't know if that even sounds like a question what's your advice for spiritual living i don't i, I mean even if it is a question i'm not sure the answer i think once you start listening to yourself and listening to the energy around you, that will allow space for spirit to come to you and connect with you. Yeah, just energetically listen to yourself. Try and tune into the energy around you. Everything gives off energy. It's not just people. Um, you can sense energy through smell, through taste, just through being, sitting and, and just... You know, if you sit in a room you're familiar with, you can still feel the energy of all the things that are around you. And once you kind of start to tune into that, you can start surrounding yourself in slightly less familiar places and still being able to sense those things around you. And once you can kind of do that, you have a better understanding of an energetical field that's surrounding you and and that will allow you to reach out to spirit and for spirit to reach out to you i think what a great explanation that's lovely when i'm writing something if i'm writing a story or a piece of something i don't know but if i'm writing a story or a film script or a play or something like that and i get a bit stuck i will send my thoughts up to my soul and to the spirit realm and ask for inspiration and guidance and it helps me to get my writing flowing beautifully and ideas come that I sort of feel I wouldn't otherwise have come to if I had used just my conscious mind trying to work out the problem. 
You are a young fashion designer. I know you're just doing your final um, year at college at um, the London School of Fashion, but do you use that side of yourself to help when you're creating your ideas? Now, here's where we disagree slightly. Well, not necessarily disagree, but maybe just because I haven't explored it as much. But I don't necessarily ask spirit questions or for inspiration or anything like that. Maybe I should, because I often hit a brick wall with my work. I don't know what to do. But it's not usually something that I do. I don't usually I don't usually reach out to spirit. My only experiences have been them showing themselves to me very vividly. Otherwise, I've not really had any other experiences. Perhaps they would happen more if I was to start reaching out myself from my end. Maybe they're bored of of picking up the phone and they want me to reach <laughs> yeah. over. Hey, Co, we've appeared to you. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I don't think I. I don't really ask spirit myself for things like that it's not something that I've really delved into but I'm sure after this lovely conversation I will start doing so and and maybe we could have another another meetup and and discuss if I've had any further experiences or or better understandings once I've done something like that well Co, it's been so lovely talking to you and thank you so much for coming along and just talking to everybody today about your own personal experiences because I think it's really interesting to hear something from a younger person's viewpoint yeah, it's been great to be here. Very exciting. I've had a lovely time speaking to you. It's well worth the very long journey from upstairs. <laughs> okay, who's making supper? Jacoa Teato there, everybody. What a beautiful young woman she is. As I've mentioned, all the resources for this episode, including a full transcript, are over on my website under podcasts. So do head over there and you can pick everything up. And Teato, gosh, I can't speak. Anteato.com, A-N-N-T-H-E-A-T-O.com. And while you're there, take a look at some of the courses I've got coming up. I've been invited to teach both psychometry and flower divination at the College of Psychic Studies in London. These will both be online courses and so students from across the globe are very very welcome you can go directly to the college of psychic studies website for details on those or on my website too and again links will be in the show notes I started off saying thank you to Ireland and I just want to say how excited I am to be teaching there in Dublin in person next year on April 9th and 10th in 2022. Susan Hughes, another fantastic spiritual medium and tutor, has invited me to join her on a program called The Extraordinary Medium mediumship and beyond, exploring the altered states of consciousness and discovering how you can elevate your mediumship from ordinary to extraordinary. If you would like a weekend in Dublin, learning under Susan's incredible tutelage and joined by myself, please do join us. For details, you can contact Susan directly on her email, which is diademsangellight at gmail.com. D-I-A- D-E-M-S-A-N-G-E-L-I-G-H-T at gmail.com.
It just remains for me to say thank you once again to my wonderful guest this week, Jacoa Teato, and to all of you out there who are listening. Have a fantastic couple of weeks, everybody. And don't forget to perhaps give some thought this week as to how you can best use your energy in the world. Maybe you've been a little bit influenced about the things that Jacoa has spoken of from her young person's perspective. Maybe you want to give us some thought as to how spirit has tried to contact you through the years and just see if that can inspire you in the everyday today. Until next time, my name is Ante Arto, and thank you for listening to Psychic Matters.